Perhaps the most controversial topic of discussion in our day revolves around truth. Opinions often blur the lines of an objective truth. Streaming platforms, social media, and other public forums allow individuals to project their truths upon the masses like never before. In the midst of woke, cancel culture, religious freedoms, political liberties, and social injustice, we attempt to search for and reveal the truth. This is Truth Revival. All right, all right. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Truth Revival. This should be season two, episode 13. My name is Roman Hamilton. With me today, we've got the one and only Mr. Paul Chapman nationwide over here. Paul, how are you? Listen, I got a birthday card this year, and instead of saying Paul on it, it said nationwide. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Hey, it's catching on, son. Oh, yeah. You're crazy. It's catching on. And uh, you you said somebody, did you say somebody in Knoxville the other day gave you a shout out for yes, the show? Yes, I called to order some material. And uh, uh, Keith, see, uh, Keith, if you're listening, man, we appreciate you, brother. And, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's spreading. It's hit the foxtails. It's going out. That's great. great. And, um, and something else, Paul, that, that we got going on. We're kind of partnering with 91.1. Yeah, it's 91.1 and 104.7. A lot of that hadn't been let out of the bag yet Oops. about the 91.1, but it's all good. But 104.7 WGSM, Madisonville, you know, you can like that. That's pretty good. <laughs> the, the voice of the Chiefs. You know, they need to get up here and be the voice of the Bears. So, <laughs> But, yeah, you said you heard uh, one of our commercials. Yes. On uh, yeah, I, I 91.1. got one. I've been – Trying to get with John Anderson. He's a super great guy, uh, you know, that owns the station there. And been trying to get with him and putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. And finally, I just called him. And uh, because my business has been a sponsor of the radio station for a long time. And uh, he said, I'll put something together and we'll get it going. So I was in the parking lot on the phone about a job yesterday and I heard you talking. And I'm like, wait a minute, hold (laughs) up. It's truth revival. I turned it up and it was like, it was Roman. Well, yeah, man, the the show we're coming up on a year. Around May it'll be it'll be one year and man just so thrilled with how we've been blessed, excited for the future. And we may not have been able to get John Anderson on here today, but we do have John Ferrone. So uh, with us today, we got Pastor John Ferrone from Center Presbyterian. John, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you. Doing doing well. Mm-hmm. So um, just give us a little bit about yourself. Uh, tell us a little bit about the ministry, and then we're going to dig into this topic today um, out of 2 Timothy chapter number one. So go ahead and just give us a quick bio. Sure. The uh, I am John Ferrone, uh, obviously with the last name. I am not from... Teleco Plains. I uh, was born in uh, Florida, Melbourne. My father was a jazz musician. My mother was a Scotch Irish cocktail waitress. And this is what you get right here. Oh, boy. And so, uh, wow, that's God, cool. is, God is good. And, uh, uh, and I uh, responded to the Lord's calling the ministry back in the early 80s. Uh, 82 is when I. Uh, began uh, to ex- explore the call of Christ uh, in coal mining area of, of Virginia, oh, wow. Early and Roseanne, two mining camps. If if you ever uh, know where Grundy, Virginia is, then it's just on the other side of the mountain uh, 
from there. And I was there for two years. And then God said, this is what I want you to do in your life. And and of course, in our denomination, it, uh, they kind of require you to get a, a master's degree uh, in order to be a preacher. And so I had to go back to school, which by the grace of God, we made it through. And, Amen. And uh, been was ordained in 88 and coming up on my 35th year of ministry i believe yeah wow incredible john cool story wow well thank you for sharing that brother um john uh, my mine and john's paths crossed several years ago and we just had kindred spirits and john you are just such an incredible uh, man of god that inspires me and you've got a, a ministry that's really happening right now that's been birthed in the Teleco Plains area. Mm-hmm. And I know you guys are, you know, you've got expand, plans for expansion. Just quickly, tell us a little bit about Shelter My Sheep. Sure. And, sure. Um, because we, I actually had a phone call <laughs> with you last night about, yes, we did, about Shelter we? My Sheep because there's a there's a great need mm-hmm. for this ministry. So just briefly, just catch us up on Shelter My Sheep, and, um, and then we're going to dive into this topic. Shelter My Sheep was a ministry uh, started uh, at Center Church through the deacons. Uh, At the time, we had uh, a deacon who was in the high school system and uh, was one of the tech teachers and saw a need and uh, dealing with some some of the students who were struggling in a difficult home situation. So uh, it was uh, the seeds were planted in that experience. And then uh, God... uh, Moved in the hearts of of other uh, other people who belong to other churches, and and so Shelter My Sheep was born out of that. There's uh, there's a board made up of people from uh, uh, from Baptist churches, uh, uh, and uh, then the Presbyterian Church, and 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 in together we we sought this vision of trying to help uh, those in transition. So we build micro houses. Um, started at Teleco High School. They built, uh, they framed up the first one. We moved it on site there on Church Street. And uh, and then uh, uh, God's uh, God's country, Rain, uh, Randy, uh, uh, he uh, built the second house. With God's, Mountain. God's Mountain. God's Mountain. God's yeah. Mountain. God's Mountain and uh, Fulbright. Yes, and, Randy. Uh, and uh, he brought in mission teams and framed up the second house. And then the third house was built by Sweetwater High School, was framed up and moved on site. And then we had volunteers to uh, dress them out and to finish them up on site. And we currently have three micro houses that are, are usable right now. The fourth one will be finished in the next couple of months. Uh, and basically, we provide... Uh, free housing, uh, temporary housing for families in transition and for individuals. Uh, you know, everything from burned out homes to homeless situations to domestic situations, we provide a place of refuge and uh, a place, a, a sanctuary of uh, where people can get rest. I like and, that. So. Now you call them micro homes. I call them tiny homes. Uh, yep. <laughs> kind yep, of, yep. The, Kind of the same thing. Yep. But that's a little bit about John John Ferrone. And if you can't tell, this man has a heart for God, a heart for the ministry. And John, I think that you would agree with me in saying this, that when we get saved, mm-hmm. when we become followers of Christ, 
God makes a deposit into our life. The Holy Ghost comes into us, indwells us, and now there's a mission that we have. We become part of the body of Christ, and we must use our spiritual gifts to further the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're going to be digging into right here in Second uh, Timothy chapter number 1, verses uh, 13 and 14. Paul, this was a sermon that you preached uh, last week, actually, I don't know when people will be listening to this, but but you preached this sermon, mm. and man, oh man, it touched my heart. Mm. So um, I'm just going to go hands off here. We're going to get some input from John, and we're just going to see where this thing goes. Sure. I, I hope I don't preach it again. <laughs> Listen, son, if you <laughs> need to. Hey, it's not often that I get to be ministered oh, to, you know, so hey, so, I'm, I'm psyched. Uh, Feed you know, me. I Feed mean, me. it's uh, it's uh, the Lord dealt with me. Several months ago, uh, I preached a sermon here about First uh, Peter four nineteen. It says, "Let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful Creator." So, by entrusting our souls, that entrust definition there it means to assign. So we, as- hey God, here we- here you go. I'm giving my soul to you. I'm giving who I am to you. Do with it what you will. And a lot of people, John, they just leave it there. I'm going to heaven. I'm good. But the Lord's really dealt with me a ton. You know, when you're called to ministry, you can't fight it. You can't run from it. That's the bottom line. You know, even though you try to 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 go, go fishing at the lake or go to the river and try to just distance yourself from that, he just keeps pulling you, pulling you and pulling you, and you can't, you can't run from it. So mm-hmm. the thing about it is a lot of people that have just given themselves to the Lord or assigned themselves to him and, and say, I'm going to heaven and leave it at that. He's got such a bigger and greater purpose and calling for who we are and what he wants us to do. So I I was reading this in Timothy at verse 13. It says, follow the pattern of sound words, which is who he is. He is the word that you have heard from me in faith and love that are in Christ Jesus by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us. Guard the good deposit entrusted to you. So a lot of people don't see that vision that, that we've entrusted ourselves to him. And when we as, and when we do that, like Romans says, he entrusts something to us. Well, I don't have a gift. I don't have a gift. Well, that's, that's a lie because he puts who he is in you. He deposited himself into John Farone. <laughs> he deposited himself into you. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what, and that's what I, I got to studying this. And, and, and the first point I had, follow the pattern of sound words. In Revelation 3.3, 3, it says, remember then what you received and heard. Keep it, repent. And this is the thought I had. His word pierced your heart and turned you to him. Continue to follow it. So being in the ministry as long as you have, John, what has been the key thing for you to follow that? to After you repented, to keep and follow. What has been the key thing for you to make it? I like what... Uh Romans said earlier about the deposit, uh, because I see it as kind of a God's investment in us. Yes, and uh, and of course, when you make an, when you make an investment on uh, uh, and you put money into something, you hope to pull something out for you know like retire, retirement. You oh hope yeah, to and, get a return on that. Yeah, you investment. hope to get a return. Yeah, you're, on that you're, you're wanting to build, you know, and, and grow, so. and compound but, into. But see, when it comes to Christ, God is invested in us, mm. and and God hopes for a return. Mm. Yeah, and in that return, we 
God sees how uh, see how uh, how the fruits of of God's love and God's grace is being made evident in the world through us. Yeah, and and that's what uh, Paul was doing. Timothy, Tim, uh, Paul made an investment in Timothy. Yes. This, this was his last letter. Second Timothy was the last letter. He was in prison, fixing to die, and so he's leaving his last his last uh, words of counsel with with Timothy, who was in Ephesus at the time, and and Timothy was having his own struggles, and Paul and Paul wanted to make an investment, the same investment that God made mm. uh, in Paul's life, and the Holy Spirit moved in him to encourage Timothy to to cling to that good sound doctrine yes and so that he could go forth and share that that investment yes with, mm-hmm. with his congregation with his people and so uh, it's it's uh, uh, you know that teaching Paul basically I mean think about it let me ask you we all have kids I'm assuming right okay what what's the legacy that you want you want to pass on? Through your mm. kids, what is it? I, I want my boy to be be honorable. Amen. And, and and when when people say, "Hey, Titus Chapman or Tobias Chapman," they say, "Hey, those guys. If they tell you something, you can take it to the bank. Mm-hmm. You know, their word is as good as gold." I want my daughter Kylie to say, when people say she says something, it's as good as gold. I want them to be honorable and and to know that when people see them coming, hey. They honor God, and mm-hmm. they know who he is, and, and they're going to pour themselves out for you. That's what I want. Amen. How about you, Ron? I think it goes without saying that I hope my boys are followers of Christ. Mm-hmm. But this is something that I say to them all the time. I'm like, I want you to be good, and I want you to be kind. Yeah. I don't want you to be a sleazeball. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, yeah. I don't yeah. want you to be that kid <laughs> yeah. at school that they're like, oh, gosh. Here he comes again. Here he comes again. <laughs> you know, I want... I mean, I, I always talk to my boys about their appearance. Mm-hmm. When they when they walk out of the house, they're representing me and their mom. Mm-hmm. They're they're representing their family name, mm-hmm. and so you know, I tell my boys all the time. I'm like, listen, I, w- I want you to make make sure you smell good, make sure you look good, <laughs> comb your hair. You know, like I, I feel like our appearance is a reflection of the inward man. Mm-hmm. If the inward man is a mess, the outward man is going to be a mess. That's mm-hmm. true. But but we see it a lot of times in the world. People have got the outside figured out, but the inside's a mess. Mm-hmm. You know, And so I hope that a, as a father that I build a good foundation with my boys to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. These things, the rest of these things will be added unto you. But I also want my boys to walk with squared shoulders. I want them to be, mm-hmm. to be bold, to be men of courage, Yeah, you know, to be, to be strong, respectable, honorable men. Um, Amen. wow. I wasn't expecting to talk about that today, yeah. but, but see, but see that plays, that's exactly what Paul wants to do with Timothy. Yeah. That's, I mean, I've, I've my four kids, my three daughters and uh, my son, uh, they, you know, I, I hope to leave a legacy with them to be, to be the best that God created them to be, and uh, whatever that is, and uh, and in that, that's part of your investment, and 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 as they live out their lives, then that's your investment being lived out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. that's what Paul was doing with Timothy yeah. here, and uh, you know, it's it's a witness of 
It's a testimony to how you shared with them the truths yeah. to help them grow. And, uh, and so uh, we are simply following uh, Paul's example with Timothy in this case. Let me make a quick statement here, John. Mm-hmm. Before I came, man... And you're getting me all, you're hitting me in the feels here with this making investments in your kids and all. But I watched this quick little video and it said, children are only young once. Mm-hmm. Yes. The ages from zero to four, that is such a special time because yeah. that is the age of innocence. That is the <laughs> age of unlimited energy. I know, you know, for real. That's, but, but that happens so quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I had Amen. a lot. I had my boys really quick together, and so that time was chaos for me. <laughs> that time was madness. Can't imagine. Almost like a blur. Uh, yeah, it was. It was almost <laughs> like a blur, you know. But something happened during those first few years, and there's, you know, something that we learn about in in human psychology: nature versus nurture. Are you familiar with this, John? <laughs> Who we are by nature. That is like. There are things that we just are naturally, like mom and dad, nobody, this is just who we are, who we're created to be, nature. Mm-hmm. And then there's the nurture side. This is things that learned behavior. This is the learned behavior is, is the nurture side. You know, tastes and preferences, um, those are things that children usually learn these behaviors from from their parents. Um you know, your kids are going to like what you like. They're going to enjoy the foods that, that, that you enjoy. But nature versus nurture, John, I was thinking about this deposit that you were talking about and, and, and the thing, the things that were instilled in us. Kids learn things from their parents. Mm-hmm. And, and it's exactly, you know, think about your spiritual mentors. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, I told a man this past week, he said, I want to, I'd like to see my son get more involved in church. I'd like to see my son get more involved here. And, and I was like, well, if it's important to you, it'll be important to him. Mm-hmm. That's true. If Amen. it's not important to you, well said. it's not going to be important to him. And, and so, you know, your kids, if you grow up and, and you're a fan and you like the Atlanta Braves, mm-hmm. guess what? You, your kids are probably going to like the Atlanta mm-hmm. Braves. If you like to go to the lake on the weekends or you like to go to the ball fields on the weekends, whatever you teach, and that's what they're going to value. Mm-hmm. But also, if you say, you know, we're going to we're going to serve the Lord. Uh, the Bible says in, in Deuteronomy um, that we should teach our children the ways of the Lord while they're young, mm-hmm. you know, to instill these values in them, um, to to hang them on the doorposts of our house, you know? So I think that if we, if we, as, as men and women of God, if we train up a child in the way that they're supposed to go, Mm -hmm. the fear and the admonition of the Lord, the Bible says when they're old, they'll not, they'll not depart from it. Mm -hmm. I will follow up on that because one of the things and, uh, is there, our kids are learning no matter what. And if you're not teaching them something, someone else is. Yeah, and 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 if we're not teaching them how to to love as Christ loves, they are going to learn what love is. But it's a love that may be uh, defined by the world. 
instead because kids are going to learn one way or the other. And that's yeah. part of the challenge mm-hmm. that uh, our, our young people, our kids are facing. That's why we have to make an investment in them. I'm just sitting here thinking, you know, if you love me, keep my commandments. Mm-hmm. And he says, if you keep my commandments, I will bless your children's children's children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we read that last week, you know? Yeah. Uh, he said, "He said I will uh, repay on the th- up to the third generation." Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so if 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 you're if he's you've made that deposit to him, and he's made that deposit to you, there, it's a no brainer. You, you're not putting a hundred thousand in and hoping to God the stock climbs and then it tanks <laughs> and you're broke and you j- want to jump out a window because you've lost everything. You've gained everything. This is a no lose situation. Mm-hmm. Three generations, you deposit to him, he deposits to you. They're going to be blessed. His word says they will be blessed. Mm-hmm. I will take care of them. And, and every time they turn from him, what happened? It crumbled. Every time they returned and repented, he built. It's a, no, it's a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. This investment cannot lose. Our, I substitute teach yesterday for the first time. <laughs> oh, boy. And, and it's a totally different feel from coaching. You know, I, I'm around a certain group of boys coaching. But my heart is young people, mm-hmm. big time. And I got in this room, and then within the first hour, I had three kids tell me I'm stupid. <laughs> oh, wow. John, I, I, I'm a different cat. Mm-hmm. I get that you can't say this or you can't say that or you're not supposed to – I, I know all those rules that are into place, but those are hogwash bull rules. <laughs> it's ignorance. We're ran by weak-minded idiots. Tell but, me what you really feel. Let's just be honest. <laughs> the deposit needs to be made because if they'll make the deposit and follow the one that put us here, we won't have these troubles anymore. Well, you want to know why our world's in a mess, why we're crumbled, why our kids are rebellious, why they're cussing their parents, why they're disobeying and being disobedient? It's because we've not made our deposit in them because we're not following Jesus. Bottom line. I think something else, Paul, is we will tell our kids, <laughs> do as I say, not, not as, as I, I do. do. Yes. And that's, that's a big problem because I've, I've worked with kids, Paul, for the past 11 years. I know. And let me tell y'all something. Uh, this is how kids... This is how kids Think now. Respect is earned, not given. Yeah. That's not how I grew up. Exactly. When I walked into Miss Gilbert's class or Miss Ingalls' class or Miss Sewell's class or Miss Millsaps's class, man, it was just like, this is the teacher. I knew to respect them. They were my elders and like they were my school. So I had to give them respect. These these were old school teachers, man, and like this is back when they could still paddle and do corporal punishment, <laughs> and you know when yeah. the the parent, uh, my parents, they trusted the teacher first and not me, because I was a little scumbag. I was a little rotten lying kid. I mean, I'd do anything in the world to. I would lie. I used to have a lying problem, and I would try to lie my way out of everything. But thank goodness I had good teachers to call me out on my nonsense good teachers that would guide me, you know, and, and, and that's one thing that we learn in Galatians chapter number three, the Bible says that the law of God is like a schoolmaster. 
it guides us, it disciplines us, it instructs us unto a place of faith. Yeah. We're not made righteous by the law, but the law is the guideline. Paul, it's the boundaries. Mm. And kids, there's no boundaries with kids today. Mm-hmm. And kids say, you know, respect is earned, not given. Everything in me wanted to, to just start preaching the gospel to that kid. Not in a not in a rare way, but but I did it in the best way. I'm like, listen, man, you're not stupid, and I do not want to hear it again. I said because what comes out of your mouth, the more it comes out, you're going to start believing that that's true, and it's not true. Okay, so so you the kid said I'm stupid. He didn't call you stupid. No, they said he said he was stupid. He didn't <laughs> say I was stupid. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't say I was stupid. He they three different kids said I'm I'm stupid. I'm dumb. I don't know. And I'm like, this is not cool. It, you're not dumb, but they feel dumb because at home they're not getting the deposit. Mm. At school they're not getting the deposit because not all teachers are God fearing. Mm-hmm. You get away from here and it's way worse. And, and and everything in me just wanted to to unload the truth of the word to him and say, "Hey, you're created in the image of God. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. He's got a purpose for you. He made you in his image to do great things for him." That's what I wanted to say to him. Mm. That's what we got to say. That's what we got to be in our school systems. We got to let Jesus and God have their way and open this thing up because we've wrecked it. Yeah. Man himself has wrecked it, but God can restore it. Amen. That's why it's wrecked so he can bring it all back together to fruition for who he is because that deposit will not go away void it will compound interest Mm. we're gonna take a quick break we'll be right back truth revival is brought to you by senior lopez mexican grill 105 mechapike Teleco Plains, Tennessee. Paul, why don't you tell our listeners what's happening at Senior Lopez? Hey, take the family down Monday night for trivia, 6.30 to 7.30. Tuesday is my favorite day. Tuesday is Teleco Spirit Tuesday, where 10% of all proceeds go to the town of Teleco Plains, Rome, which is a great idea, and I love that. Bingo, Thursday night at 6.30, and Saturday night is live music from 6.30 to 8.30, so take the family down, relax, have a great meal, where the food is fresh and the family is welcome. Come home for dinner at Senor Lopez. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. And now the continuation of Truth Revival. And, and listen to what this says in Romans 6, 17. We were once slaves to sin, but we became obedient from the heart. Listen to this, to the standard of teaching, to teaching, to the standard of the deposit. Sound words. Sound words. We've got away from that across the board. Not just in Teleco Plains, not just in Monroe County, not just in Tennessee, not just in the United States, but all across the globe. By thinking we're wise, we became fools. Mm. And this whole thing's a wreck. And it's crumbling in front of our eyes. Uh, John, I like what you were getting back to, getting back to what you were talking about with, with Paul and Timothy. 
Mm-hmm. Every man needs to have somebody that he's pouring into. Yeah. Every man needs a Timothy. Yes. Mm-hmm. But every man also needs a Paul. Yeah. You know, we you need to find somebody in your life that you are making an investment into. And and right now I've got three boys I'm pouring myself into. I've got other young men that I'm investing in in my, you know, I've got a ball team, mm-hmm. you know, um fam- I mean and, and I'm a minister of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like I'm pouring myself into people all the time. And I have to make sure that it's not the words of Roman, but it's the words of God. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's uh, it's yeah. not what thus saith Roman, but what thus saith the Lord. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's funny you say that because John yesterday when I was living, my wife said, "Now remember, you can't just say anything in there. You, you gotta you gotta guard your tongue." You know, so but uh, <laughs> that that the I, I want you to to talk about this though, John. That that deposit that people don't realize it's in us. Those mm-hmm. seven spirits of God. Mm-hmm. That Isaiah talks about in Isaiah 11. Mm-hmm. Listen to this. This is what's deposited into you. The Spirit of the Lord. He's anointed you to preach the good news. Number two, the Spirit of wisdom. It will guard you and keep you safe. Number three, the Spirit of understanding. It teaches you to love your soul and to discover good. Mm-hmm. Number four, the Spirit of counsel. It allows us to choose Judge rightly what to do in a particular circumstance. Mm-hmm. Number five, the spirit of strength. It teaches us to fear not. He's with us. Be not dismayed. He is our God. He will strengthen you and hold you by his mighty right hand. Mm-hmm. Number six, the spirit of knowledge. From his mouth, his word comes knowledge, the ability to teach others. Mm-hmm. So that spirit of knowledge allows you to deposit into the next man. Number seven, the spirit of the fear of the Lord. It teaches us to surrender and respect, submit to a higher power, to be awestruck by his majesty. Mm-hmm. These are the things that he deposit that he did deposit into you. Mm-hmm. He deposited into me and into Roman mm-hmm. and every other man or woman who, who says, hey, he is my king. Any believer, yeah. He deposited this into mm-hmm. us. So how are there so many lay members saying, I don't have a gift, or I don't have a calling, or I don't know what to do. What what can we do to to kind of circle the wagons here and say, hey, this deposit is in you? Well, I'll share the deposit made in me by uh, my Christian parents, Tim and Kathy Carp. Um, I was, uh, you know, my mom... She, you, I mean, you can almost write country song with my mom. She, uh, when her and her, <laughs> her and uh, my dad, they divorced when I was a year old. My sister was a month old. My mom did her best to raise us, did her best. And she, uh, but my mom struggled with alcoholism mm. and, uh, and she worked in clubs. It's what she did. And we were raised in that environment. And every man that she met and every man that she married, she met in bars. Mm. And I mean, that's, that's, that was what I grew up with. Right. And, uh, but in the midst of that, God always brought, uh, special people into my life. And, uh, you know, looking back, you could realize how God was, was, uh, interwoven into my life, even when I didn't realize it. And, uh, when I was my second stepdad, it was the Hawthorns who, 
first took me to church, a little country church, Valley, Valley Pike Church, Vacation Bible School. That's where I first heard about Christ. Mm. And I was like seven, eight years old, something like that. And then uh, when mom divorced him and went to Wilmington and met my third stepdad, uh, Jim, uh, uh, went, uh, we had neighbors, Tim and Kathy Carp, who... You know, mom didn't go to church. Jim didn't go to church, but Tim and Kat said, "Hey, can we take your kids?" So, so they took us, and which was great because church became like a sanctuary for me. Mm. And 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 I watched how these two people related to one another, communicated with one another, and they didn't yell and they didn't fight and they didn't hit each other. In my house, that was common. Mm. That's what you saw. That's yeah. that's what you experienced and i mean it's bad when the when the deputy comes to your house every weekend and they know who you are first name basis that's oh, bad man. yeah and uh and then uh, when uh, when i uh, i got in, uh, into a domestic situation trying to defend my mom mom called the law on me uh new year's eve 1977 and uh and when i was out in, at the deputy's car i was being arrested and uh, but it was Tim and Kathy, my neighbors, who came over to me, and they stood by my side, and and I realized they had something that I wanted, right? You know, and I knew common sense told me if I kept going the way that I was going, I was going to end up just like my mom, yeah, <laughs> and and my stepdad, which beating and fighting and drinking and and all that. So uh, it was it was I didn't want that, and so so God bless me with my Christian parents. And to this day, they're my Christian parents. Tim has passed on, but Kathy's still living. And uh, and they took me to the little chapel, the little chapel at Wrightsville Beach, North Carolina, the little chapel. <laughs> and uh, the little chapel on the boardwalk, uh, I went there not because it was, uh, 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 not because of worship, not because of theology, not because of, of the order of how things were done. I went there because those people loved me. Yeah. Those people shared with me their deposit, mm. and Tim and Kathy and Doctor Ben Lacey Rose was my was the pastor there, and and that's where I experienced the love and grace of Jesus Christ, and and what so what was done unto me, I turned around and did unto others. Yes. And that became Amen. the foundation of my ministry, and and that's what we are to do with people, uh, children, non children, the, mm. everyone around us. We are to to do unto others what was doing, done unto us. And that is, uh, I have a formula for ministry here. For those who are listening, it's very simple. Think of Irish L, okay, A-L-E, it's an acronym. <laughs> a, to accept people no matter where they're at in life, okay? To accept them warts and all, because that's exactly what Tim and Kathy and the, and the little chapel did for me. Which, by the way, just so happened to be a Presbyterian church. Oh wow! I didn't join the church because <laughs> of theology or anything like yeah. that. I joined church because God's work, God's love was made real to me. Number two, after accepting people where they're at, no matter what, to love them with the love of Christ, yeah, unconditional love, and uh, you know, and then number three, to encourage people to become what God created them to be, not yes. what we created. Yeah, that's good. And thus, when you, when you do A-L-E, when you do that, uh, uh, share that L with others, uh, then 
then I think your ministry goes in the right direction because you're sharing that deposit, that investment with others. You you made a key statement that that got me. They love me. Mm -hmm. They loved me. Mm -hmm. We love him because he first loved us. Amen. Amen. And and, and when you said that, I thought about Big Darby sitting over there at the door. Hey, what I needed when I was like that, I just needed you to love me. I just needed you to love me. And uh, God, that love conquers all, boy. Amen. uh, And, you know, and that's what, that's, you know, there's, in this world, there's a love, worldly love, but it's, that's the opposite of what you read in 1 Corinthians 13. Yeah. And the only way people are going to read first, uh, understand 1 Corinthians 13 is through you and me. Yeah. And through believers. Because. And and in that. In that verse or chapter thirteen, mm-hmm. there's one part there that I've never really noticed. And when we were on our youth trip, love never fails. That's right. Never, never. Mm-hmm. That's key. Never. See, guys, it's easy to hate in this world, mm-hmm. and we see that right now. There's division. There's racism. There's bigotry. There's a lot of ugly things in this world, and that usually happens when people have opinions. Mm-hmm. You know, but. You know, people will say, but I'm defending my heritage. I'm defending my legacy. <laughs> and and maybe they they something was deposited in them, but it wasn't of God. Amen. Yeah. It was the wickedness and the sin of this world. That's why when we come to faith in Christ, we're transformed. The old man dies. The new man is born. Let this mind be in you, which is in Christ Jesus. I wasn't born with that mind, John. Mm-hmm. I had to learn that mind. Mm-hmm. I had to get in studying the word. Somebody had to help me discover God's plan and purpose for my life. And it's not hate that wins anymore. Mm-hmm. It's love that wins. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse number one, it says, let brotherly love continue. Mm-hmm. Talked about holding fast those words. I had a man that I was, it's amazing that we're talking about this. I was talking to a man this past week about getting more involved in church. And he said, you know, Roman, I just don't know if I can do like the evangelistic thing. I don't know if I can go knock on doors. I don't know if I can like mm-hmm. tell people how to be saved. I'm not, I'm not so sure I'm ready for all that. I'm not so sure I can do all that. So I said, well, let me tell you something you can do right off the bat. I said, you can love people. Mm-hmm. Instead of holding a grudge, you can be quick to forgive. You can show kindness. You can show love. You can extend grace to people. And um, this guy likes to use four-letter words a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I said, well, you know what? Love is a four-letter word. Mm -hmm. Instead of, you know, doing, doing the things that the world does, we can... We can show we can show love. One of the qualities of love is the fact that uh, a, a sympathetic heart, and and the fact that she came to you, uh, it it testifies that she's uh, she's crying out, and mm. and and there's a reason uh, why she did what she did, and 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 part of the reason is because she doesn't understand what her life is. She doesn't. And so there's an identity crisis going on. And, uh, and in that Roman, she came to you in that time of crisis to try to understand why, 
you know, why she's going through the struggles that she's going through. And you have an opportunity, you were given an opportunity to, to make that deposit. Let mm-hmm. me tell you. You've got mm-hmm. the answer. Yeah. Yeah. Let me tell you how priceless you are, how much God loves you. Uh, you know, and that's what so many kids need these days because they have no sense of, uh, or limited sense of purpose. Yeah. Uh, and they're in identity crises. They're so caught up in social media and so caught up. And their, their personality, their character is being defined by what they read, how many thumbs up or how many thumbs downs they yeah. get, yeah, or how, how many, many likes, yeah. how many friends they have yeah, on I mean, I mean, social media. I don't really have that, you know, and, and so I don't understand because, uh, but that's where kids are at. And, uh, and it, I'm, I'm anxious because, you know, I've got grandkids yeah. and, and they're growing up in this, in this culture, this social media culture in which, uh, so much, so many people are being influenced by what they read. And, and what, I mean, was it last week that some young lady in McMinn County took her life because of bullying? Uh, and it was heartbreaking to hear that news. Mm. And it was uh, because there was, uh, you know, I'm not sure what happened, but I think it was a 16 year old boy. Oh, a 16 year old boy. Sorry. Yeah, I think so. But even then, uh, you know, it's, the reason, what was the source? What was the reason of that? And uh, and the fact is, there's a lot of kids in identity crises. Yeah, you're and right. So uh, we've got to make that deposit in them, whether it's uh, and pray for the teachers. Uh, yeah, you know, for real. Because they're they're surrogate parents, and for eight hours <laughs> yeah. they are given a chance to love on those kids and to teach them right yeah. and wrong and to help them understand their boundaries. Then they go back home. And and where there are is no love, there is no yeah. boundaries. There's you can do whatever you and and uh, you know bless those kids uh, that do have that, but there's so many who do not. Yeah. And uh, and so pray for the teachers. Paul, you made a statement um, while you was preaching. You said that we've got to allow what God deposited into us, those seven spirits and beyond, to radiate out of our life to, to permeate from, from outside of our life. Guys, I'd like to um, think about that for, for a second. You know, a lot of times we think, you know, well, if, if, if I'm going to live for the Lord, I've got to do these extravagant things. I've got to do these great things. Paul guarding the deposit. It starts by loving your wife. Amen. It starts by loving your husband. It starts by loving your kids. It starts with a prayer life. It starts with reading reading your word. It starts by showing up to time on work. It starts by while while you're at your job, realizing that you're, I mean, if you've been saved and born again, that you're walking epistles known and read of all men, That's that true. people are watching your life. And so through these small steps and small changes that we make, guarding the deposit, it starts by what you listen to on the radio. You know, you start you start listening to a bunch of trash and a bunch of ungodly music. Yeah. Guess what? You're going to start thinking about filthy things. That's true. You can start a, thinking about wicked true, things. Man. You start watching a bunch of ungodly stuff on on uh, on the radio or on the on the TV. You start watching a bunch of ungodly stuff in movies. Well, guess what? That's what you, that's what your mind is going to be drawn to. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then it's gonna it's gonna get down into your heart. So so guys. There are small and subtle changes that we can make, but we've got to guard it. 
Mm. We have to guard the deposit. But I think I wonder if if our our desire for pleasure overrides our our responsibility to guard, our desire to guard the the deposit. I would say so for the most part. It's a lot easier to scroll the internet than it is to to take a moment to get in the word. Let's just be real. It is, you know. So you have to like one one way, John, that I've started to guard in the deposit in my life. When I get in my truck in the morning, mm-hmm. I'm like, Lord, you told me to be anxious for nothing mm-hmm. and to come to you with thanksgiving, and you would guard my heart and my mind. Mm-hmm. So I'm asking you today, Lord, to do that. Mm-hmm. And then instead of simple prayer, instead of going to talk radio, mm-hmm. I got my one year Bible reading. So I flip it on my radio, off my phone, and I and right now it's in Exodus, uh, Psalms, and Luke. Mm-hmm. So I get those in on the way to my shop. You know, it, it's little things. Mm-hmm. You know, little thing, little things that that just tweaking those little things. You know, and uh, I just I think of the word redirect. Mm. You know, get. Redirect your thoughts to God's thoughts, yes, like God's things, and uh, and it will keep you out of trouble. That's true. And uh, so, <laughs> That's true, John. I'm constantly redirecting, <laughs> and uh, so it's. But you know, for pe- many people who have not grown up in a Christian home, who have not grown up, who are basically struggling with identity crisis, they don't know what that means. No, they need. An example. They need someone who will show them, take them by the hand, and shepherd them uh, how to be what God created them to be. That's what Paul tells Timothy there in in the mm-hmm. first part of chapter two. He says, "Hey, that's that's what you have seen and heard in me. Mm-hmm. Deposit that into faithful men, mm-hmm. because those faithful men will continue, like you said, John, to deposit here and here and here, and eventually." You take over. It's like pollinating. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Our, 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 uh, I was thinking pollinating. <laughs> that's where I went. R, R, R. Oh, dude, that's so good. <laughs> Sometimes you just blow my mind, Roman. <laughs> pollinating. You were going there. I thought you were. <laughs> Listen, he's like, he's like thinking about how Paul and I'm thinking of allergies. I'm over here sneezing, you know? <laughs> It works, guys. I love it. Uh, right. Oh man. <laughs> uh, I love it. So uh let's try to let's try to wrap this up here, guys. We're gonna try to land this plane here. Um <laughs> I'm gonna make a shirt that says pollinating. Hey, that's right. That's right. <laughs> spread you spread you it, spread. man. Pollinate the gospel. Let's that's, go. Uh, that's it. Gosh, that's genius. It wow. Is. Pollinate the gospel. Wow. With uh, a t shirt. Yeah, Give me go. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pollinate the gospel. That's for real. Now <laughs> I'm, I'm writing that down. I, I really am. Now, now, guys, I'm telling you, um, John, you spoke about trouble. Mm-hmm. In this world, we're going to have trouble. Mm-hmm. We're going to have tribulation. Mm-hmm. That's just the nature of it. Mm-hmm. But, That's life. But Jesus said, John 16, he said, but be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. Mm-hmm. So when we see people that are facing difficulty, we see people facing trials and challenges, where do they go? Where do they go? Who do they who do they turn to? It's up to us as ministers of the gospel, we who have the deposit, we who have the gift to share the gospel with people and to tell people, say, listen, if you have first John chapter one or first John chapter number two, 
He said, my little children, these things write unto you that you sin not. It is not God's desire for you to sin because that sin leads you further into trouble. Yes. That sin, that naturally, you know, we were born into sin is what David said. From my mother's womb, I was born into mm-hmm. sin. So Psalm sin 51. comes naturally. Mm-hmm. He said, I would that you sin not, but if you sin, we have an advocate mm. with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Whew. And he is the propitiation, the payment for our sin. And not only our sin, but for the sins of the whole world. Mm-hmm. And so, guys, That's good. when when we come to faith in Christ, we realize that it's not by good works. It's not by you know keeping a, a set of standards but it's by grace through faith. It's only through Jesus Christ. And that restores us. Why, why does God love me, John? You said, you said that to tell people why God, lo- well, it's definitely not because of my sin. Mm-hmm. It's because Christ first loved us. It's because the love of Christ, the, the compassion, but you see, God sent his son into the world. Mm-hmm. God sent his son into the world to forgive the world, not to condemn the world, but that the world through Christ might be saved. Whosoever believes, should not perish, have everlasting life, and and it's a it's it's our responsibility to share that, yeah, to distribute that, to deposit that in people's lives. Because man, there's enough hate in this world. Gosh, there's so much division in this world, but we have been called to be ambassadors of the gospel. John, give us your closing thoughts over there. Well, uh, last last Sunday, I focus on Job, Job 19. I just want to share with you, going along with what you just shared. And Job, of course, had a pretty rough time. Oh, yeah. You know, he lost everything, and then his friends uh, tried to interrogate him. Ten times, it says, Job 19. Ten times you tried to, you know, make me confess something I didn't do. Wow. You know, and and then his wife said, just curse God and die. I mean, what? (laughs) Gee, thanks. And and yet in Job in the nineteenth chapter, uh, he you know really back in the sixteenth chapter he begins to understand he doesn't understand why God is angry with him he's trying to process that and really God wasn't angry with him but but uh, you know uh, but all the torment and all the struggles he went through he's trying to understand so he can only conclude because he was a righteous man he knew God. And uh, but he was trying to understand, but then he realized that somewhere, somewhere, there's got to be an advocate for me, mm. you know. And which you don't really—I mean, you got to study Job 16 and Job 19 to—to uh, to realize that uh, that though he doesn't understand what he was going through, he believed in the end. This is what I want to share with you as we close: is that uh, Job said. In his struggles, he said, oh, that my words were recorded and that were book. written on a scroll and inscribed on iron and tool and engraved on a rock forever. I wish people could know what I was going through. But then he writes, but I know that my Redeemer lives. Yes. See, he, he, he didn't understand, but he knew that somewhere there was one, an advocate. There was a Redeemer, a Redeemer, someone who would who would take his place that would help him deal Mm. with whatever struggles he's dealing with that my redeemer lives and that in the end he will stand on the earth and after my skin has been destroyed i think Mm. king james verse says the worms get to it kind of thing Mm -hmm. but uh but basically it says you know after i'm dead 
There's a resurrection story yeah. here because he says, I will see, I will see God and I myself will see him, my own eyes and I and not another. And my heart yearns for that. So he knows, he knows that in the midst of his struggles that, that God, uh, you know, and trying to understand what God was doing, that somewhere there was a redeemer that was, that was alive and who was going to stand for him. And, and, and in that, you and I, of course, he didn't have the luxury of the scriptures that we do. We know who that redeemer is. Amen. And that redeemer is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And in that, good. he will come back and he will uh, uh, stand on this earth, which he did. And he will come back again. And, and that's where we can cling our hope in the midst of all those struggles that's going on. Mm. And that one day we too will see God face to face. And Amen. that's what we can share with others. That's part of our deposit. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Paul, well, close us out, buddy. That was good. Thank you, John. Mm-hmm. Thank you for letting me come. Mm. I'll, I'll say this. I can really tell that John has such a, loving spirit and it's just when you said they love me i firmly believe that they love that they loved you with got quadrupled poured into who you are i am who i am i i I can feel that (laughs) because that's what you you uh you is it uh radiate is that 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 the word that love that they give you, that's what I feel when I'm in your presence, that you genuinely care and you genuinely love. But that's not their love. That's, that's Christ's, Christ's love, love that came yes. from them. And, it, and then likewise, it's my hope. That deposit you know, but, they had, they deposited in you, mm-hmm. which was him. And that's what we're talking about today. That deposit they had, they deposited into you. Mm-hmm. And now you're depositing into others. Just like Paul mm-hmm. told Timothy. And, and I, just want, I just want the people that are listening I can tell that you genuinely have that mm. by being, I don't really know you, but being in the room with you and listening to you talk and watching you, your mannerisms, and, and I can tell that you genuinely love, and that, that and that's Christ's love. And that, Seeing the light come off my bald that, head. That's awesome. So, <laughs> uh, I, that's awesome. You know, I mean, that's who we are, and that's what we got to be. We genuinely have to love. I want to share this out of, out of Peter about the deposit. You know, you get the deposit in you. You deposit into him, he deposits into you. Listen to what this says here. Second Peter chapter one. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he was granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature. You receive that deposit having escaped from the corruption that is in this world because of sinful desire. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith, virtue, the moral code, and to virtue, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness. These are all part of those seven spirits that we talked about earlier. And godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing. That interest is growing in that deposit and in that account. If these things are increasing, they will keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is nearsighted and blind, 
having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, my brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, this is key, boys, drop the mic, you will never fail. Paul, you just dropped a bomb on us out there, man. I feel like we need to unpack all that. <laughs> um, it said give all diligence. Yes. Give every effort. Guard it. Guard it, right? Make every effort to defend it and then grow in it. So, uh, Pastor We can do John, that next week. I, hey, I'm down. <laughs> Pastor John, thank you for coming on board today. Oh, it's such a blessing. Always a pleasure to get to uh, hang out with you. Paul, uh, Keep sharing the gospel out there, man. You're huh. doing a good job spreading the word of Truth Revival. Hey, that's who we are. That's it. Be <laughs> sure to check us out on Truth Revival 37385. Big Keith, Big Keith. <laughs> we might see a revival this week, Big Keith. That's right. For Paul Chapman, I'm Roman Hamilton. We're out of here.